You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Praise God. <clears throat> well, today we're going to look at part three of our sermon series, The Radiance of the Lord's Glory. And this is taken from Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse number 8. And um, now the, the candlelight services are going to be structured quite different, uh, different message uh, for tonight. In fact, our topic for tonight and tomorrow at 6 p.m. and our two candlelight services is this, Wrapped with Purpose. We're going to be discussing this evening at our candlelight and also on uh, Monday night, tomorrow night, why did Jesus come from heaven to earth? What was the purpose of it? So I've entitled the message Wrapped with Purpose. Today, this morning, we're going to get into part three of the radiance of the Lord's glory. And it reads, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, the NLT. And it says here in verse 8 of Luke 2, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. As you will recognize him by this sign, you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of linen lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Now, who are the armies of heaven? Anybody have an idea? The angels. Praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And I focused here in verse number nine, where it says, the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Today, we're going to look more specifically at the portion of the radiance as in the aspect of light. Today, we're going to talk about how Jesus is the light of the world. Well, I heard this story about a young, uh, a young boy who was praying a few weeks before Christmas. And what he said in this prayer, he says, uh, uh, Lord Jesus, you know I've, been a, I, I've got a big want list for this Christmas. And you know I've been a pretty good boy this year. And then he stopped himself and he went, well, Lord, I've kind of been pretty good for the last six months or so. And I was going to ask you, well, maybe, Lord, okay, the last two months, I've been pretty good, Lord. And he started to think, well, Lord, you know, the last two weeks, I haven't been that bad. And he's, he is continuing his prayer. Finally, he got up and he says, hold on a minute. And he got up from his prayer uh, next to his bed and he went down to the living room where his family had a nativity uh, set. And he grabbed the figurine of the mother Mary and he took it back to his room and he continued his prayer that he had put on pause. And he said, Lord Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, you know, <laughs> well, that's not the way we should approach Christmas. Okay. But <clears throat> how many of you do know we have a giving God today? We want to talk about the radiance of the Lord's glory, more in particular, the light of the world. Heard a story about a Hindu trader in India. Uh, who, was, uh, who asked the missionary, he says, what do you guys, speaking about the Christians in his group, what do you guys put on your face to make it shine? With surprise, the man of God answered, oh, we don't put anything on our face. Uh, yes, you do, 
the, the Hindu guy says, yes, you do. I, I've seen it in all, all of you guys who talk about this Jesus, you seem to have it. I, I've seen it in the towns of Agra and Surat and even in the city of Bombay. And suddenly the Christian man knew exactly what this Hindu guy was talking about. He says, and now I know what you mean. And I will tell you the secret. It's not something we put on the outside. It's something that comes from within. It is the radiance of the Lord's glory. And it shines forth. I looked at the word radiance in the dictionary, and it simply means this. Cheerful brightness, it means light. So today, when we interpret what the Bible says here in Luke chapter 2, verses uh, 8 through 14, and it references radiance, I want to talk about cheerful brightness. I'm going to talk about light, more specifically, light of the world. Who are we talking about? Jesus. Observation number one is this. Darkness is the result of the Lord's glory not being present. Darkness is the result of the Lord's glory not being present. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And I love that because it reminds me of a story about a non-believing atheist professor in a secular university. He wanted to prove that there is no God to his students. So one day he asked the question to his students in that university class. He says, did God create everything that exists? Well, one student bravely replied, well, yes, God created everything. So the professor responded, well, yeah, I agree with you. God created everything. So that means, as he looked at the student, that God created evil. And if God created evil based on the fact that uh, we are who we, you know, what we do, then it means that God is evil. The students didn't know how to respond to the professor's analytical um, perspective there. But there was one student who stood up and he says, well, uh, uh, Professor, uh, I, have, um, I have a question for you. Does cold exist? What kind of question is this, said the professor. Of course, cold exists. Have you never been cold? The young student looked at the professor and he says, uh, in fact, sir, I want to prove to you that cold does not exist. According to the laws of physics, what we consider cold is really the absence of heat. Every body or object is susceptible to study when it has, has or transmits energy and heat that makes a body matter or transmit, uh, or transmit uh, the energy. He says absolute zero is really the result of the absence of heat. And all matter becomes inert and incapable of reaction at that temperature. The student says cold really does not exist. It really is a word that we came up with to describe the absence of heat. The student continued, Professor, I have another question. Does darkness exist? Well, the professor said, of course darkness exists. Haven't you ever been in the dark? And the student replied, once again, Mr. Professor, you were wrong. Darkness does not exist either. Darkness is, in reality, the absence of light. He says, light we can study, but we can't study darkness in fact, we can use Newton's prism to break white light into many colors and study the various wavelengths of each color, but you cannot measure darkness. A simple ray of light can break into a world of darkness and illuminate it. How do you know if a certain dark space uh, is, is really dark? Well, you measure the amount of light present. Isn't that correct? So the student went on to say, darkness, Mr. Professor, is simply a term used by man to describe what happens when there is absence of light. Hmm. 
Interesting. So then the student asks a third question. Okay, Mr. Professor, does evil exist? He said, well, yeah, we just talked about that a few moments ago. Evil does exist. All you got to do is turn on the 10 o'clock news. All you got to do is, is watch what's going on in our world. And it, it's very evident that evil does exist. Well, guess what the student said? No, sir. He says, really, evil does not exist, or at least it doesn't exist unto itself. Let me explain. Evil is simply the absence of God. Evil is a word that we have created to describe when something or someone does not have God. It's as simple as that. Evil is the result of what happens when man does not have God's love present in his heart. It's like cold that comes when there is no heat or darkness that comes when there is no light. Evil comes when there is no God. The professor didn't know how to respond because in actuality, he probably realized right then and there that there really is a God. And he's come to bring light, and he's come to bring goodness to the world, not evil. You see, the, the Bible says that the darkness it was upon the world. Yeah, there is darkness, whether we're talking about physical darkness or spiritual darkness. And uh, sometimes we cannot comprehend it. But really what it is, <clears throat> is the absence of light. And so many times in our lives, and we can talk about back 2,000 years ago, about the time that Jesus was born, and even today in 2018, we can see that, is there evil? Well, yes, but is it more correctly defined as a place, a region, a country, a world, an individual that is without God? Could it be that depression is simply the, the absence of God? Could it be that hatred is simply the absence of God? Could it be that sin is simply the absence of God. So what did God do when he noticed that there was darkness in the world about 2,000 years ago, that there was sin in this world? What did God do? You know what he did? He sent his son to bring light, to bring hope, to bring love, to bring peace, to bring joy to a world that didn't have it, that it didn't exist. The world 2,000 years ago needed Jesus. Can I say today that the world today still needs Jesus. See, darkness is a result of the Lord's glory not being present. Why did Jesus come? John chapter 12, verse 46 says this, I have come, as Jesus said, I have come into the world as light, so what, whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. That's why we just sang, light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. King of all days, oh so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created all for love's sake became poor. And then we look at a, a, another song that sometimes we sing during the Christmas season. How about this? Have you heard these words? Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark street shineth, who? The everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. How many know that uh, God sent his son to bring light to a dark world? Number two, and second observation is this. God's glory reveals God's plan. 
God's glory reveals God's plan. If we simply look for it, we will see the glory of God all around us. The problem is some of us are not looking for the glory of God. In this story that we read in Luke chapter 2, the shepherds experience the glory of God. Scripture says that the glory of God shone all around them. We refer to this as the radiance of the Lord's glory. Why? To proclaim the plans of God. And I say this again, why, did, why does God reveal his glory? To reveal his plan. He's saying, I'm going to reveal myself to you. I want to speak into your life. I want you to understand that I have great plans for you. There's a Greek word, Shekinah, that sometimes we use. And the Greek word Shekinah really simply means this, the dwelling of the divine presence of God. The dwelling of the divine presence of God. So what is this Shekinah glory all about? What is this glory all about? So here we go. I hope you don't mind this again. You know, Pastor Randy, every so often I throw at you a pop quiz. Okay, how many of you studied for today's pop quiz? Well, whether you studied or not, here it is. Now, let me just, let me just can I give you a little hint? I'm going to say this not into the microphone, but the answer to each of these questions could be just, just, just think about this, okay? Just a little, don't, don't, okay. Question number one, when someone tells you that your face and your countenance is glowing, what do you say it really is? The glory of God. There you go. And we can experience that. Okay, question number two, Uh, when someone invites you to partake with them in sin and you make a decision to refrain from sin, uh, you, you do so, you refrain from that. Why? For the what? For the glory of God. How about question number three? When you show up to church and you begin to lift your voice and raise your hand and something supernatural is taking place right here as we worship the Lord, what is it? What is it that we are experiencing? The glory of God. Question number four. When you evaluate the things that you do, the thoughts that you think, and the life that you live, it is probably best to do things in your life. How? To the the glory of God. Are, are you noticing how our lives should be centered around the glory of God? Question number five. It's Thursday morning, and it's hard to get up early and get ready for work, much less spend time in your daily devotions. But you make the effort to spend about 20 minutes in the Word and in prayer, and when you are done, you walk away and realize that you've been with God. What did you just experience? The glory of God. Are are you noticing it's all around us? But sometimes we just don't open our spiritual eyes to see this. One one more, one more question. You guys are doing so good in this test. Question six. A friend is hurting and dealing with a major issue. You take the time to reach out to her. You pray over her. You encourage her. You speak words of life over her. She is a changed person. What has she just experienced because of you? What has she just experienced? the glory of God. You see, if we just simply look around us, we're going to be able to see that we can live and exist in the glory of God. Here's a great lesson. The Shekinah glory of God is all around you. Just open your spiritual eyes. God has a way of revealing his plans for you and and his plans for you and I. Many years ago, I I remember it was uh, right around my, my birthday time and and I was, uh, I was a little down and out. Things hadn't been going well for me. And I was, I was down and uh, spiritually down. And, and uh, I remember a buddy of mine says, hey, 
uh, can I take you out to eat? He said, sure. So we, he picked me up. We're going to go to a restaurant. We're going to go out and, and, and celebrate a little bit. And he kind of picked up on the fact that I wasn't, uh, I was kind of down. And he says, hey, let me just stop over at so-and-so's house, which is a, a, a friend that we both knew. So he said, why don't you come in? I said, okay, okay. So I got out. We went into the house, and the house was dark, and he, and he went in. And as he opened up uh, the house, it was, it was almost pitch dark. And then what he did is he flipped on the switch. And when he did that, there was a host of people that said, happy birthday. It was a total surprise to me. And my, my countenance changed, and it was, it, was a, it, it was a beautiful experience. I needed that at that particular time. And I realized, you know what, all this joy was right there in this dark place. But all I needed to do, or all my buddy needed to do, is turn on the light. And when I turned on the light, <laughs> there was a whole lot of joy waiting for me there on the other side. And we had a, a great time. And, and I say that because, you know, for some of us, 2019, because we're almost there. Can you believe we're almost in 2019? For some of us, 2019 may say, well, we're only a couple weeks away, less than a week. No, less than two weeks, okay? A brand new year. Now, we don't know what's going to take place in the new year. We don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going to take, you know, we, we, we don't know. But I, I can tell you this, if, if we just turn on God's light, it's going to be good. If we turn on God's light, we're going to experience the joy, the peace. So let's not stay in a world of darkness, but instead, let's turn on the light. Uh, you may not know what the other side has for you in this year called 2019, but I can tell you right now it's, it, it's good. And that's why I kind of like Christmas, because Christmas is, is a series of, of lights, and it, a whole bunch of lights, and, and I like that. In fact, I was asking my wife on Friday, I said, did you, did you know what day of the whole calendar year is the darkest? We have the most darkness in a 24-hour day. And I said, well, the correct, does anybody know the correct answer? It was actually on Friday, December 21st, because that's the day that fall turns into official winter, and we have the, the longest nights. Now it's going to turn back a little bit towards the more light, but that was the darkest day. And, and I'm thinking, you know what? December 21st is when the, the, the seasons officially change, and isn't it great to know that's right near Christmas because Jesus came to bring light to a dark world. Just a thought. And you know what? You can bring light to so many people uh, during this Christmas season, but you can make it a lifestyle. Number three, the Lord's glory. That's what we're talking about here from Luke chapter 2. The Lord's glory is a manifestation of the presence of God. A manifestation of the presence of God. As we read the story here in Luke chapter 2, we see that the angels came from heaven to earth. And they came to declare the presence of God. When the, what the shepherds experienced, the angelic presence was amazing. And uh, now i got to tell you this, it was one of only four occurrences of the angels coming from heaven to earth during the Christmas story. In fact, in this week's Digging Deeper Notes, we, we, the, the topic is this, touched by an angel. And it describes the four, each of the four manifestations and messages of angels during the Christmas season. Now today, uh, I, I got to tell you, that this is really cool because some of you want to kind of create a, a, a family devotion during, uh, during the Christmas season, either 
Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, which is a fantastic idea. And if you need a little devotion, you can use this. Or secondly, I'll tell you what, we have, we have two options over there at the Connection Hub. Uh, Lucy Morales sitting right over here. She, she emailed me a great article, the, the Majesty of the Messiah. And she sent it to me a few days ago, and I love it. So I printed out a few extras of those. Some of you may want to use her uh, devotional as, as something that you can use for your family. Copies are right over there at the connection. The bottom line is this. Angels have come to declare the glory of God. And, and I kind of believe that we have some angels in the midst of where we are today because the, the manifestation of the presence of God is powerful. Do you realize that we are blessed with the presence of God? This morning, uh, Terry, I hope you don't mind me saying that, but she shared with me that she was healed recently. She came up, and Sister Maria Segovia prayed over her because Terry was having, um, am I saying it correct, brain fog and uh, some problems with migraines. And the good news is, she says, it is gone. I am healed completely in the name of Jesus. That is a manifestation of the presence of God, a manifestation of the presence of God. Uh, so how does God show himself? Well, he shows himself in many ways. One of those ways was, was I'm going to say this, the star of Bethlehem. Because oftentimes we wonder that star in the sky that the wise men followed, the Gospel of Matthew talks about this star, and many people have studied the star and wonder, what was this star? And, and we've kind of studied it in years past. Just, just as a nutshell, let me just say this. See, some scholars believe that star in the sky, we call it the star of Bethlehem, was a nova or a supernova. <clears throat> For any of you that study astronomy, a nova is a white dwarf star that literally explodes. And the explosion may increase the brightness of a star a thousand to a million times its previous brightness. Uh, however, a nova doesn't last, so we know... That couldn't be it because it, it doesn't last. Other scholars believe that the star of Bethlehem was a comet. A comet has the advantage of a tail that can appear to be pointing in a direction which may have guided the Magi. In addition, a comet moves. And so people say, oh, maybe that was a comet in the sky that the wise men were following. But experts uh, have seen through the calendar that comets are cyclical and there was no comet during that had uh, come across the, the earth and the skies during the time anywhere near the birth of Jesus. And so others will say, well, you know, I believe it is a, the result, the star of Bethlehem is a result of a triple conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, and that is a planetary um, a conjunction that happens when two planets come together in close proximity. A triple conjunction refers to three separate conjunctions in the same, of the same planets that occur within a one-year period. And some people say, oh, that's what was happening in the skies that led the, the wise men to, to Bethlehem. But once again, uh, that can be really traced back to certain time periods, and it didn't happen near where Jesus was born. So really the facts don't lead to that. So people will have this, this perspective or that perspective. Other experts will say, oh, yeah, the star Bethlehem, that was a conjunction of the planet Jupiter and the planet Venus. Uh, well, once again, you know, people may have their philosophies. But I'm going to give you what I believe that star of Bethlehem was all about. I believe the star in the sky was the Shekinah glory of God. Because the Shekinah, the Shekinah glory of God denotes the visible presence of God. This presence was real. And the physical manifestation was real. Remember when Saul was blinded by the light? We read about that in the book of Acts. 
It was a manifestation of the Lord's presence right in front of him. Oftentimes, God uses a manifestation of light to reveal himself. And uh, so many times it's happened. So here in the birth of Jesus, it would be the ultimate example of God's light shining from heaven to earth. For example, Moses saw a burning bush, and the bush was not being consumed. What was that? It was the presence of God. It was a Shekinah glory of God. It wasn't just regular fire. It was a fire of the Lord. And in fact, Moses was uh, allowed to see the backside of God later on, and afterwards his face shone with so much brightness that the other Israelites could not look at him because he was just so bright with the radiance of the Lord's glory. And how, by the way, were the Israelites led out of the wilderness, out of Egypt? Well, it was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Could that pillar of fire have been the Shekinah glory of God that was leading them to where they needed to go? Hmm. On and on you read story after story of how God revealed himself in the presence of light. Could that be the Shekinah glory of God? Perhaps the, the star that led the, the wise men. I almost said three wise men, but we don't know how many wise men there were. There were three gifts, but uh, we don't know how many wise men there were. But could it be that they were just following the presence of God? Now, I, I want to say this. It's, it was more than an astronomical event in the skies. If you look through through the history of the Bible, you read in Genesis 15 that he told Abraham, Abraham, look up into the skies and count all the stars. My plan for you is still on. The door is still open. My Shekinah glory, Abraham, look at the stars. This promise is for you. In Job chapter 9, verse 7, we read in Scripture, it says that God, he speaks to the sun as it does not shine. He seals off the light of the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He is the maker of the bear and the orion, which are the, the constellations of the stars, the Pilatus and all the constellations of the south. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted, I, I read these scriptures because it is God who created everything, even the universe. And if God can create that, he can move his Shekinah glory across the skies so that the wise men can worship this baby Jesus. Isaiah says, Isaiah 40, verse 26, Lift up your eyes and see the heavens. Who created all of these? Who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name? Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. And I, I can just, some of you have done uh, just studies on the universe. It is amazing what God has created in our universe. Do you realize how big the universe is? How many of you have seen the Milky Way in the, star, in the skies? You've seen the Milky Way? Well, if you have, did you know that experts say that there are 100 billion galaxies in the skies in the universe, the size of the Milky Way? Wow, and sometimes we only see one. The vastness of the universe. David wrote this in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice comes out to all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. And I tell you all that because if God did all this in the span great spans of the universe. 
it is definitely necessary to understand that if it was the Shekinah glory of God moving across the skies to lead the wise men to where Jesus was, it would have had to be placed there literally thousands and thousands of years before that occurrence so that they could follow the star. So was it by coincidence or did God initiate his master plan of sending his son? He knew everything in advance. And I tell you that because if indeed that Shekinah glory of God that revealed himself as a star, as the Bible says, it looked like a star. It could be very well be, in the, but God put it in there thousands of years in advance in order for it to be right in place at the right time for the baby Jesus to be born and for the wise men to follow. And the reason I point that out to you is because I think about your plan in mind. Could it be that God's plan for your life has already been initiated? Could it be that what God has in store for you for 2019 has already been underway? God is putting things in motion. You may not see it. You may not see it with your, with your physical eyes or even spiritual eyes, but if we could pray and say, God, can, can I just follow you? Can I just follow the star? Or can I, we say it this way? Can we just follow the, the glory of God? Because when you pursue the glory of God, <laughs> you're gonna, it's going to lead you right to the presence of Jesus. Here's a life lesson. God's plan for your life in 2019 is already set into motion. It's up to you to step into his plans, his will, and his glory. I think about this. Could it, could it be that God uses the stars in the heavens to proclaim his word? Yeah. Could it be that God uses the stars in the heavens to show forth his Shekinah glory? And could it be that God uses his glory to lead you to where you need to be? His presence. The radiance of the Lord's glory came that very first Christmas day. And the radiance of the Lord's glory is here for you right now. All you need to do, my friend, is just step into the radiance of the glory of God. And today, as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus, I want you to realize the things that God has in store for you. Why do I say that? Because little did anybody know that that first Christmas day, what was in store for our world when Jesus was born? Little did people know what was in store. If you believe in this Jesus who was born that Christmas day, you're going to kind of open up something, the presence of God that is far worth more, all the the stuff that we're going to open up in the next few days. (laughs) You can open up the presence of God and see what God has in store for you. Would you stand with me right now as we take some time to pray? We're going to open up these altars in just a few minutes. Prayer partners, will you join me in the front? And the reason we're going to take some time to pray is because I want to give you the opportunity to believe and trust God for what is in store for you. And it's going to be good. I want to proclaim this declaration And in fact, maybe you want to just repeat after me as we prepare for our time in prayer. Here we go. Lord God Almighty, I thank you for sending your Son from heaven to earth. Thank you for sending us love, joy, peace, and your glory. I desire to experience your Shekinah glory. 
just like the shepherds did. I desire that your glory would show through me and the things I do, the thoughts I think, and the life I live. May I experience your glory as I worship you, as I study your word, as I minister to others. The glory is yours and the blessing is mine. Thank you. Amen. So be it. If you believe that, give him some praise this morning. Amen. Would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? And I want you to have just a heart-to-heart with God right now. And I want you to think about life. I want you to think about why in the world am I here to celebrate Christmas? Would you realize that God is unfolding some great plans that he has for you? I want you to believe that. But you got to put your trust in him. Why do sometimes our plans fail? Because we don't trust God. We made other decisions and other things, but it's time to trust God. First and foremost, I ask you the question, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Is he truly Lord? Do you have all confidence that when your life ends on this earth, you're going to be in the presence of God for eternity? If today you need to make that decision to say, Lord God Almighty, I want to surrender my life over to you. If that's you, don't don't hesitate. Lift up your hand right now because we want to pray with you because that's a a, a great, great gift. The best gift that you could ever receive has been extended to you, and that's by God Almighty. He's given you his son. He's given you salvation. He's given you grace, forgiveness of your sins. My friend, don't leave that gift unopened. If you want to open up that gift today, raise your hand. We want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. Others of you, you know what? You're thinking, well... You know, things have not been going all that well for me. Well, it's time for a new season. God has given you a new season. It's time to open up the blessings and the glory that he has waiting for you. If, you're, if you just want to say, Lord, I want to trust you for a new season that's around the corner. I want to trust you for that joy, that peace that I need even now. If that's you, you, you love Jesus, but you just, you're just you ready for a new season. Would you just lift up your hands and say, that's me. I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Others of you, you just need some prayer. Maybe, um, maybe you're going through a difficult time, and we understand that, especially during the holidays. We want to pray with you. We want to join in agreement with you. There are prayer partners here at the front, to my right, to my left. We would love the privilege of praying over you and just agreeing with you for the next few minutes we're going to pray and I don't want you to miss out on this great opportunity to spend some special moments with God the altars are open you can come to the front you can kneel go to the prayer partners you can find a place of prayer but for the next few minutes we are going to seek God the wise men followed a star in the sky what was it it's just my personal opinion it was the Shekinah glory of God Are you willing to do the same thing and pursue the glory of God? Because if you pursue it, you're going to find it. I invite you to come. Would you come and pray?